lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin. And then there, of course, is all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox, which you can access by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Uh, And remember, you will likely be lied to by me on Facebook whenever you see hashtag Facebook approved takes. Know that that is a lie, so just be prepared. Uh, Increasingly, there is a group of you that is not prepared. Um... And I just don't know how many more times I have to tell you, whenever you see hashtag Facebook approved takes, that is regime affirming narrative. And it's not what I think. And it's a lie. All right. So how many times has that been now? What was that? Not enough. Apparently, apparently it has not been enough. There's, there's a very stubborn subset of folks who just don't understand that this is a lie. All right. Uh, if you want to know what I really think, uh, look for my name, though, on uh, MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. That's also where I try. I, I try to find, see, I'm actually using hashtag Facebook approved takes to put COVID information on the site that they would otherwise just completely flag and ban me for. So if I, but if I, I've, I'm learning that if I put it on the site while, uh, f- by including a description with their narrative, it, it totally gets to stay, right? See, you guys, there's a method to the madness here. It's not that I'm just throwing a tantrum. Now, I don't blame you for assuming that I am capable of, of, of just doing that. Because you would be right. Uh, I am perfectly capable of, am I just capable of just throwing a tantrum? With, oh, with, it, with no with the asher- best of them. Yeah. <laughs> the vigor. Okay, that's, uh, that's enough. Thank you. A little TMI. Thank you. A little too much detail there. <laughs> a little too much enthusiasm behind that answer oh, there, Todd. Me too. Oh, okay. I'm... Not that I'm not capable of just throwing a mindless tantrum, because that part's true. But in this case, there is a there is a method to the madness, all right? Uh, you can also get clips of the show over on rumble.com slash Steve Dace show, and those will be free of censorship and then also free to watch. And again, the last name is D-E-A-C-E. All right, coming up today, Theology Thursday I had one topic in mind, and then right before we went on the air, one of the world's foremost religious leaders said something that I just, I, we have to discuss this. We, we just have to. So for Theology Thursday this week, we will. Then, of course, uh, we will talk to the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. He had to move days this week. So we will talk to Daniel Horowitz on the final segment of the program. Three non-political questions coming your way at the bottom of the hour. But before we get there, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the ongoing crisis at the border. Fox News reporter Bill Malugan explains how thousands of Haitian illegals ended up at the nation's southern border. People keep asking on Twitter, well, how are, how are people walking from Haiti to Del Rio? There's a huge ocean, there's the Gulf. They're not, they've been in Chile for a long time now and they've been waiting and they've just, for whatever reason, decided now is the time they wanna to try to come here to the United States. And from what they've been telling us and from what we've been seeing, they know 
Once they cross that river, they mm. step foot right here in the U.S. If they've got a child, if they've got a pregnant wife, if they're a family, they're going to get released with a piece of paper. And if they want to, they can disappear into the shadows, and a lot of them do. As of yesterday, nearly 5,000 families continued to gather under a bridge in Del Rio, Texas, waiting to be processed and released into the United States. Maxine Waters simultaneously slammed the Biden administration. I'm happy with the administration. We are following the Trump policy. And repeated the Border Patrol officers whipping Haitian illegals hoax. What we witnessed was worse than what we witnessed in slavery. Elsewhere, two Afghan refugees have been charged after committing a couple of heinous crimes at Fort McCoy in Wisconsin. One Afghan refugee, a 20-year-old, was charged with attempting to engage in a sexual act with a minor using force. Another refugee, a 32-year-old, was charged for strangling and suffocating his spouse. Checking in on the White House, who recently played host to British Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Uh, interrupts or uh, unbalances the, the Belfast Good Friday uh, Accord. That's the uh, Belfast Good Friday Agreement. That's, that's the... In case you didn't catch that, that's the White House staff cutting off the British Prime Minister in mid-sentence and corralling the press out of the Oval Office for fears, apparently, that they would start asking Joe Biden questions. Coronavirus news, according to Johns Hopkins University and a team of researchers and scientists, in 2017, researchers at the Wuhan lab wanted to genetically enhance bat viruses, make them more infectious to humans, and then release those viruses into bat caves. This is according to a research proposal that was released as a part of a trove of documents this week by the aforementioned researchers seeking to determine the origins of the pandemic. Dr. Anthony Fauci was pressed recently on CNBC about explaining Israel. Do you have any explanation for why the numbers on Israel continue to look worse? They're now at the highest level of cases that they have ever been in any surge for a population that's 80% vaccinated and has administered the most booster shots. How do you explain that? And, and what can we learn from that so we don't follow that path as we have been following in this trajectory of the, of the disease? Yeah, they, they are having cases and breakthrough cases. I think people need to understand, and it, it is, is understandably confusing, that when you get a very large proportion of your population. Fauci goes on for almost three minutes with this word soup on trying to explain why Israel has such negative outcomes despite such a high vaccination rate. In some good news, in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis named Dr. Joseph Lopato his new state surgeon general on Tuesday. Lopato is an experienced health policy researcher and former UCLA doctor. In his introductory press conference, Lopato said, Florida will completely reject fear as a way of making policies in, uh, in public health. So we're done with fear. We're not, that's been something that's been unfortunately a centerpiece of health policy in the United States ever since the beginning of the pandemic, and it's over here. Expiration date, it's done. Also in Florida, a judge has granted a temporary injunction to Gainesville City employees over that city's vaccine mandate. The lawsuit was filed by over 200 plaintiffs, and the judge granted their request to block enforcement of the city's vaccine mandate for employees. Specifically, the order says, quote, the city shall not enforce the vaccine mandate policy and, quote, the city shall not terminate or discipline any employee for failure to comply with the vaccine mandate. 
On the anniversary of the passing of former Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the ACLU tweeted out a quote of the late justice talking about baby killing and edited out the quote to exclude mention of women. Quote, the decision whether or not to bear a child is central to a person's life, to their well-being and dignity. You get the idea. Checking in on Bill Gates, who was asked by PBS if he learned any lessons about associating with the late pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. Well, he's dead. So, uh, you know, in general, you always have to be careful. Uh, and that's what happened while we were away. He's a Bond villain. It's... And a bad one on top of that. Oh, yeah. it's. It- I, you know what's funny is we've come to the point now where in order to, to assuage my own conscience to losing my way of life to these complete manginas like Anthony Fauci and, and, uh, and Bill Gates, I, 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 I'm, actually, I'm yeah. actually comforting myself by just accepting this is a divine judgment and there's nothing we can do. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Because I, I think I would, might be the one. I would, I would, I, I would rather that be the case because it's not like we don't You're have right. it coming. No, I got gotcha. you. You know, but I, on a, on a, on a, just a, a testosterone level, just, let's just forget. It's just a, a bunch yeah. of guys talking yeah. here and no women are listening. We're in a locker room or on the golf course or at a pub and we're just, yeah, we're going to whip it out and just be guys yeah. without any filter. All right. On a guy level, I'm I, I can totally compute my my male math that it's just divine judgment and we deserve it. And I'm okay with it. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord, Job, right? Okay. Then there's no way that these guys are kicking our ass. No way. How why are these are the guy these are the guys kicking our ass? The guys that actually asked yeah. for swirlies in school? That we didn't have to pick on. They like they so wanted to hang out with us. They would like, absolutely. Can we do a chocolate one next time? I mean, they just they just wanted yeah. they wanted to be in our group. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We didn't have to bully them. They like wanted to be mascots with for us. No, I I, I cannot abide that. That that is what will get. That's yeah. what raises my anxiety level. That's what raises my blood pressure. You know what I'm saying? I'm totally zen and at peace if it's just if it's just. Our Heavenly Father has taken the belt off, and these guys are the buckle. You know what I'm saying? Because it ain't like we don't deserve it. I'm okay with that. That gives me a sense of peace and contentment. I cannot abide. The dude cannot abide, though, that I'm getting my ass beat by these guys. So I just, I need it to be a divine judgment. I just need it to be. Does, because, that, does that make sense? Oh, yeah, because the soundtrack to the fall of Western civilization, you, you would think... It would be some great gothic dirge or something like that. Exactly. But it's yakety sacks. Visigoths over the the wall. Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar capturing Jerusalem like a bird in a cage. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, you know, Attila the Hun and the hordes coming over the mountain. Um, no. I, I have no problem, um, being a footnote in a history book because again, we deserve it as a society. We have it coming. I can't handle, though, getting my ass beat by these guys. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you're right, it's yakety sacks. That's what it is. You know, give me a real, we got pussy galore. You mentioned Bond villains. That's what we got. 
We got we got we got pussy galore. We didn't get Attila or Saladin. Or we we got this. This is what we got. And we got it because of the we. The we the people, it's for good or for bad. Uh, throughout Western civilization, they may not have the US Constitution, but Australia, the we is sitting there and just taking it in the groin over and over again. So this is where we're at now when 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 we're when we're looking for optimistic takes, we're like, please let this be a divine judgment. <laughs> please God smite me. Oh, that's where I'm at, man. I'm just keeping it real. I'm just telling you the truth. I, 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 I need it to be that because I just, I, I will not be able to ever look my son in the eye that I was part of the generation that presided over losing our way of life and getting our ass kicked by these dweebs. I, I just, I, I won't be able to, I, I, I like, I, I want to die of like an aneurysm at like 51 in my sleep. You know what I'm saying? So we never have to have that talk. I, I can't, I, I mean, I think about stuff like this, like late at night, man, when I'm playing my NCAA football season. All right. And I'm just downloading my brain. I'm like, I, th- this, I can't, we can't go out like this. It just, this just needs to be a divine judgment. It just has. To, and that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. I, I need that narrative. I need that because the other one, see, trying to do as much good as I can do while we're being punished. I'm, to me, that that's the paradoxical nature of yeah. of God's love, mercy, and justice all working together. I I, I can handle that from an I, from a worldview standpoint. I cannot handle getting run over by that dude in a sweater vest. That one I can't do. I can't do that, guys. That's the one that'll put me in a fetal hiding in a corner somewhere. How did I fail? What did I do wrong? Looking in the mirror, you know, should I've learned how to shave against the grain? What what did I do wrong as a man to lose to that? What did I, what have I done to lose to that, that I can't handle. So I, I, I just need this to be a divine judgment and please don't, don't take that away from me. I never will. Thank you. Okay. Aaron's montage brought to you by Bonner private wine. You may otherwise know them as Patriot wine, because down in Argentina, they've got these vineyards at around 9,000 feet, third largest vineyards in the world. Some of the greatest Malbec grapes and wines you're going to find in the world as well. They pair great with a great steak. It's still kind of grilling season, even though fall is officially here, but it's still warm enough to grill outside for sure. And it goes, red wine goes great with red meat. It, it's also, you know, a lot of studies have shown good for your health. These also are healthy. They're not loaded with fillers, sugars, and they taste great. Uh, notes of blackberry, dark cherry, leather smoke. All three of us have had bottles of these wines and loved them. And we would recommend you take advantage of this offer right now from Patriot Wine. No promo code necessary. Just go to PatriotWine2021.com and get 50% off your order today of very, very good imported foreign wine. 50% off today at PatriotWine2021.com. And then you and I, we, we can toast the uh, the end of the world as we know it, uh, the return of the Druids and the end of Western civilization uh, together. We yes. might as well. The Pope is, so let's get on board. Dad, don't, don't step on the, uh, uh, don't, don't Catholic, step on get, the lead. I got to be first in line. All right, that's coming, in, that's coming on Theology Thursday. Breadcrumbs, baby, breadcrumbs. I know you were scared that I would slip in the, in the next 40 minutes and slam in before you got a chance to, yeah. but we'll get there. Slow your roll. That's, I have All right. one rule on this show that I get to claim before you, and it's that if we're going to hammer Catholics, I'm first. I don't know that it, we're hammering. Oh, we are. We're hammering him. Yes. I mean, I think for the first, see, we have to stop. Yes, we do. Okay, here's the title of Theology Thursday. I got my dander up, man. 
is the Pope Catholic? That's that's the title of our theology Thursday. <laughs> that is the after that is the title that we will and we will discuss. And this has far. If, I mean, if you watch the overtime that we did the other day with Ed Stetzer and who is slobbering all over yeah. Francis Collins. It's the same conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a different liturgy. It's a different ecclesiology, but it's the same systemic meltdown. We just want to cut ourselves again live on camera. Yes, 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 we do. Yes, we do. Uh, so we will do that for you uh, coming up next hour. Let's get to the rest of what's in Aaron's montage. Uh, that clip of Fauci. First of all, who's the gal on CNBC who asked that? Do we know? I don't even know. Okay. I mean... That was a great question. That's that that see those are the questions if I was if I anchored shows like this if I got access to people like him, I'd ask questions like that. It's my Twitter feed. You know Israel exists, right? Yes. So last week, last week Israel reported 145. I'm sorry, 140 deaths with COVID last week. Same week, last year. Country Israel, by the way, was still in a lockdown. Remember. They had one of the worst lockdowns in of, in all of the free world last year, or whatever the free world you know, means nowadays. Uh, no vaccines. Locked down. Uh, foreigners are locked out, can't, can't travel there, right? That was all going on in Israel this time last year. So 145 deaths is what Israel reported last week. With over 80% of adults fully vaccinated with Pfizer, Last I saw, they that about 21% of the population had already been given a third dose. Last I saw, it was a few days ago. Um, last year, at this time, they, they reported 140. We're talking about one of the youngest median age populations in the free world. You're talking about one of the most vaccinated adult populations in the free world. Again, everybody over the age of 16, over 80% of people have been fully vaccinated, and only with a singular vaccine, which I think makes Israel's data even more important. It's like they, it's it's almost like they 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 are creating a, a control group for us. Densely populated society, healthy society, young median age society, and they only used one vaccine product. And so a lot of the various outliers and things, well, you know, what's the metabolic rate? What's the obesity rate? Well, you know, which percent was Janssen, which is J&J? Which percent was Moderna? All those, all those finicky outliers that are making it really hard to, to nail Jello to a door here to get answers to a lot of these questions. Israel's just cut out the middleman of all of that. And so we just get to observe this in cold-blooded fashion in real time and see what happens. So the, the weekly deaths in Israel from COVID are virtually the same as they were a year ago at this time, with the country still in a lockdown, and so mass social distancing going on everywhere, and no vaccines. It's the exact, I mean, the numbers, when you're talking about 11, it's about a 10.2 million people, I think, live in Israel, something like that, and you're, the difference is 140 to 145, that, that, that statistically is, it's, it, it's the same, it's, it's a stable number. How do you explain that? How do you explain that? And he can't. And, and, you know, one of the things I've said when I've worked with candidates over the years, and maybe you've heard me say this on the show. I know you guys have heard me say this privately. Whenever the explanation, I'm sorry, whenever the explanation takes longer than the accusation, even if you're right, you've lost, right? 
If I say, did you beat your wife last night? If I demand, if I ask that question with a camera in, on you, and you begin with a long, detailed answer of your whereabouts last evening, and your answer is anything other than, hell no, and, but I'm going to beat you tonight for asking me that. If your answer is anything other than that, you've lost, right? That's just an example of what we're talking about. The fact that it took him so long to get to the end, that, that's a monologue. He's, he's killing time. That's a filibuster. So how would we answer those questions in Israel? What are Based on all the research we've done on our show for the last year plus, by the way, the additional, the bonus chapter, Fauci and Booster, just got word from the publisher today, should be out early next week at the latest. This is the bonus chapter, Fauci and Booster, how to push back on vaccine mandates, either against corporate America or the government. All right, should be out early next week at the latest, is what I was told this morning. So be on the lookout for that here soon. But here are some possible answers. Some possible answers are, while cases explode, so Israel last week had 54,365 cases. Israel this week, uh, this, that same week last year, had 32,641. So spitballing that, I don't, I don't have my calculator in front of me. You're looking, that's probably about a 60-70% increase in cases, somewhere in that area, I think. Okay. Um, so you have a massive case increase and deaths remain relatively stable from where they were a year ago. The best thing you could say about the Pfizer vaccine, therefore, now this is the best thing you can say on its third dose through a population in a year, is that it has some significant efficacy against severe infections But it has no, no ability whatsoever to stop the virus from infecting people. That is to me, I, I, and when I say no ability, I'm not talking about for an individual. We're not talking about individual treatments. We're not doctors. We're looking at whole numbers here. From a, Epidemiology is really a math, by the way, more than anything else. Okay, Epidemiology is the data assess, assessment and application of medical statistics that's or, or trends or models. That's really what it is. That's what we're doing here. We're, we're, we're looking at the data from a whole public health perspective. From a whole public health perspective, the best you can say about the Pfizer vaccine in Israel, looking at this data in real time, is that it does seem to have, even against Delta, some significant. Now, what, what, what would I say is significant? I would estimate more anything more than 40% to me, would be significant. But it doesn't really have any significant ability to thwart the spread of COVID-19 within a mass population. That's To me, that, that, that's the best thing you can say about this data. And that's nothing, that's nothing like what we were told in these trials last fall or this winter. Now, to be fair to them, we have a different variant now. But that then brings up the worst case scenarios. Why can't it do anything to thwart transmission on a macro scale? Why isn't it an immunizer, even in one of the healthier modern and younger modern countries in the world? Folks, if it can't immunize transmission in Israel, then, I mean, I don't know what shot it has in one of the most obese countries in the world, like the United States. I, 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 you know, 
and we have a different topography and geography and climatology diversity to them because of our vastness. I mean, that's a state about the size of what, New Jersey, a country? I mean, I mean, you know, we've got different seasonal waves and everything else happening here year round. So I mean, if, if, if they can't, if these things can't thwart transmission in Israel, I, I don't know amongst that healthy population, then I don't know where. In a, where in a modern, densely populated nation they could, which, in, in my opinion, just eliminates from a medical perspective any ethical call for a mandate because the data shows they don't thwart transmission in a mass population, dense population setting. They just do not. They don't. And then you wonder if the efficacy against severe, transmi- severe infection, maybe it was 75, 80, 85% two, three, four, five, six months ago. Now it might be 70. What will it be two, three, four, five months from now? We don't know. Might even be lower than 70. We don't know that. Because Israel's not giving us the hard numbers of vaxxed versus unvaxxed that it was for the longest time. Now what it does is it gives you estimations, like a one in 100,000 population estimation. There's other worst case scenarios like the leaky vaccine scenario we discussed yesterday. But when you look at this data from all the research I've done for the last year plus, all the various experts we've talked to for the last year plus, my educated opinion is that the best case answer that you can have to this data is that there is still some significant efficacy in a mass population setting against severe infection, but there just isn't any meaningful efficacy in a mass population setting against transmission. And if these things have devolved up against the strain, we just started mass vaccinating people eight, nine months ago around the world. They're already on a third dose in Israel. You really have to ask yourself with ensuing variants. If you, if you sign up for vaccination and you want your vaccine to work. Now, I know a lot of you are just going to go get like a J&J because you have to to get your, keep your job. I know tons of people doing that. And, you, and a lot of people that are just doing it to keep a job, they go J&J because it's a singular shot. So they can just be, go and be done with it, show papers and be done with it for now. Maybe you can be done with it for now. But if you're doing the other vaccines, which have better efficacy numbers, my guess is you want it to work, right? Mm-hmm. And if so, if you want it to work, you need to, you, need to, you need to anticipate that what you are really signing up for is a, is a, is a therapeutic regimen that you will need and require regular reoccurring boosters of this technology. Just, you should be aware of that. That's all. You should just know that. Whether increasing injections of this messenger RNA increases the likelihood of side effects with greater volume, you know, logic would indicate, yes, whenever you do more of something, you get more of it, right? Good and bad, Mm -hmm. right? But of course, you know that these people are going to lie to us at the exact same time. But you should just know that that's what you're signing up for. If you want it to work, that's what you're signing up for. Because this is what's 
going to be required for it to work. That's pretty obvious. Elsewhere uh, in Aaron's montage, um, I got to tell you, I'm not shocked a lot today. I wish I'd be shocked more. But the brazenness of the ACLU attempting to ghoulishly rewrite Ruth Bader Ginsburg's uh, own uh, she wasn't spirit of the AG enough right so now she has to folks if Ruth Bader Ginsburg has to be retconned by whatever forces are dark forces are propelling things like the ACLU these days if Ruth Bader Ginsburg less than a year after her death has to be retconned what do you think they think of you and me you know what I'm saying? Aaron, cue the yakety sax. <laughs> Don't talk back. I, I that was just one of those. It's it's not a big story. It doesn't. It's just one of those things that just I'm like, wow. The fundamental right of being a woman is to kill a baby, and also, what's a woman, anyways? They had to totally, add. They had totally to add sane. The, yeah, they had to add that last part in. Yes. Totally sane. I, I just <laughs> again. This just needs to be a divine judgment. Thank you. More in a moment. You know, we've got a million reasons to be stressed out these days. Your receding hairline, male pattern baldness, though, doesn't have to be one of them. That's where Keeps comes in. They offer the same doctor-recommended FDA-approved hair loss treatments, but they offer you the generic version, so you only have to pay about half the cost. And then they offer you a bunch of convenience because it's all online. Uh, You just answer a few questions and snap a few pics of your hair. And then a licensed doctor reviews your info and gives you the right recommended hair loss treatment just for you. So you get big savings, big convenience, and then even more savings from Keeps to get you started half off your first order. At K-E-E-P-S, that's what how Keeps is spelled for those of us that went to public school. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash grow. Again, K-E-E-P-S dot com slash grow for Keeps. You can't beat the price, you can't beat the savings, and you can't beat the convenience. Give them a shot at Keeps.com slash grow. It's time for three non-political questions. We all have questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Who am I? A search and a question of identity. Why am I here? A question of meaning and purpose. Where am I going? Question of destiny. Some better than others. What sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee troop? Injecting some levity into the demise of Western civilization. It's three questions on the Steve Day Show. Yes, hopefully to provide us... uh, completely contrived distraction from the <laughs> demise and fall of Western civilization vis-a-vis hopefully daddy taking his belt off and giving us a spanking. Question number one, though, what's on your Mount Rushmore of greatest movie scenes? Oh, wow. Mount Rushmore of greatest movie scenes. Um, no, Luke. I... I'm your father. That has to be on the list. Okay. I mean, that's for, for kids growing up in our, that's, that's who shot, that's the who shot JR moment of, of, of movies of all time. Okay. That, that absolutely has to be 
on the list for sure. So I have to come up with three more, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Spock's death scene, Star Trek Two, The Wrath of Khan. That's on my list for sure. And then you know, Scotty Blair's the bagpipes man. And I'm I'm I, I will just tell you, man, I'm I'm a mess. All seven hundred thousand times I've seen that scene it gets me every single time. So that would be on my list as well. Um, the opening salvo, uh, literally, of Saving Private Ryan, I guess I'll put on the list because I think the rest of that movie is actually very overrated. Uh, but that is one of the most extraordinary cinematic experiences I can ever recall, uh, ever experiencing. This is a hard list to come up with. So I'm I'm, I'm really just going with the stuff that I think yeah. of knee-jerk, okay? Yep. And then my fourth one. Uh, Amy and I went and saw The Dark Knight opening night at the IMAX here in town. And our IMAX here in town is an oval. It's a dome, right? And so it, you, it, it, you sit underneath it like planetarium style. And this was the first major movie release that filmed about, I think something like 17, 18 minutes of The Dark Knight is filmed in IMAX. They couldn't do the whole movie in it back then because the, that technology was just much more expensive, okay? And the, the first scene in the film that is shot in IMAX is the f- close-up of the Joker in the bank vault when he takes off the mask. And he says, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stranger. And, and suddenly, because when you see a standard movie in a dome IMAX, some, it, it, it's not formatted to fit the entire screen, mm-hmm. Okay. That's why everybody wants to sit in the middle of the theater because that's the part where, you know, on the corners and that's where this, the resolution kind of wears out. All right. So this is the first time now that this movie takes up the entire dome screen at our IMAX and he flips off the mask and it's the close up on his face and he says, stranger. And dude is just right in your freaking grill. Like you could like he like you feel like you can he's breathing on you. And I mean. You know, I, I I had to like recalibrate at how how visually more invasive that suddenly got. You know, so I'm gonna go with those four. Although if you gave me more time, the scene in in Raiders of the Lost Ark where the dude's doing his happy dance with his swords, and you know to try to intimidate Indiana Jones, just pulls out his gun and he shoots him. All right, I I, I freaking love that scene. All right. So I mean, I could come up with a lot more, but I just came up with the first four that that came to mind. Uh, The very end. Oh, dude, can I mention one more? I'm sorry. Christ stepping his heel, crushing the head of the serpent in Gethsemane in the passion. And then the singular tear from heaven that comes down at the crucifixion. You got to stop because you're stealing Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to stop now. I'm going to stop. The passion, the tear, the quiet. Before the tear hits the ground and then all hell breaks loose, yeah. it's just genius. Yeah, it, it is. is genius. Yes, so it that, is. That was going to be one of them. The the end um, of Shawshank Redemption, the the walk down the beach uh, where Red finds Andy Dufresne, and the, the couple scenes that lead up to it, it all happens very fast. Where where Red is talking about, uh, it's uh, I'm so excited I can hardly sit still. It's the kind of uh, freedom I. It's it's the kind of feeling I think only a free man. Uh, can feel uh, just incredibly summary of the movie. Uh, uh, Captain America, mano a mano against Thanos and catching the hammer. 
that was experience inside a movie as an adult man and so that's what how many years ago two three yeah it's like you can the rush of the entire place just like hell yeah that yeah. was that was incredible oh uh, and a fourth one i'm trying to do uh something unique because obviously steve has hit the themes that i would have hit um uh, I'm, I, there's one, it's popping in my head. I'm trying to do an ode to my kids that, uh, surprisingly power, powerful, the, the, uh, the end of, uh, the redemptive scene in Entangled, uh, my, my girls love that movie, but when, uh, the Finn Rider, uh, chooses death, uh, instead of, uh, permanent servitude for, uh, Rapunzel and, cuts off her hair um again it's uh, you know for all the issues we have with disney man they it's unavoidable they don't they uh, they they know the best tale is ultimately the christ story on some level and they tell it over and over and over again in very different ways and i just happened to see that one recently with my daughter so i'll go with those four i can't believe i did not mention five-year-old stevie sitting at river hills theater christmas 1978 yeah see and 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 they they read from the Superman action comics number one first edition to open it up in black and white, mm-hmm. and then the John Williams doom doom kick, kicks in with the with the bass drum, and then that music that score and the emblem flies across the screen. Yeah, I can't believe that did that. That's got to be on my list somewhere too. So I'm gonna have to build a bigger Rushmore. I think. I think for me, it's uh, Helm's Deep, which I'm not even sure yeah. if you can describe that as a as yeah. a scene. It's a yep. whole segment of a movie. Helm's Deep. Voldemort coming back, that entire battle, that first battle between Harry and Voldemort, that's a really mm-hmm. powerful scene. I, I'm going to go off the beaten path as well uh, with um, uh, Up and Married Life. That's yeah. a great, great yep. opening scene. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to get uh, stoned for this one as well. So I'm going to, I would say the battle between um, Qui-Gon Jinn and uh, Darth Maul and... Uh, no. And, uh, no, you can't. It's a great visually. No, that thing is great. No, One can't. of the best duels in all. How about of, oh, duel of the how fates about music, how yeah. about I'll make it? Oh, good. see, we could. How about, dude? Oh my goodness. How about Roy Hobbs knocking the lights out mm. at the culmination of the natural? You know, I I've always kind of liked the scene at Wrigley Field even better earlier in the film when his baby mama when he's in his slump. He's losing his focus, and his baby mama, played by Glenn Close, shows mm-hmm. up, right? And uh, for the first time, just, just just to see him, and he's in this slump, and he sees her in the stands, and then knocks the clock out over the mm-hmm. center field bleachers at Wrigley. I love that. And then that score kicks in. We need to stop this now. Yeah, but okay? I'll make but, it. Yeah. I'll make it. Yeah. It's just perfect. Next question, excluding replay review. What's your biggest coaching or managing pet peeve in sports? The uh, two things. You know what? Three. Wildcat. Stop. Please stop with the Wildcat. All right. Um, Everybody knows the guy's running the ball. Stop it. Number two, let's go out there and try to draw them off sides. Have I watched a lot of football games in my lifetime now, do you think? Maybe in the thousands, maybe? Yeah. I think I've seen this work two or three times like ever. And guys, I'm watching the Detroit Lions every week, man, and, and they just have invented ways of, you know, self-immolation. They don't fall for it. 
All right, so let's run out there and waste a timeout. At least if you're going to do that, just take a five-yard delay of game penalty. Then What the hell is another five yards? You know what I'm saying? I, I, I hate that play. And then, to me, you need to have your sperm count checked as a man. Your T-level needs to be checked, and I'm looking at you, David Shaw, at Stanford. When you're punting from inside your opponent's oh. 40. Anything, anything less than 4th and 20, I'm never punting from inside my opponent's 20. 4th and 12, 4th and 15, 4th and 9. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, there's a better odds I will convert that than I will not punt the ball out of the back of the end zone for a 20, 15, 20-yard 20 net yeah. punt. That is the most beta move of all time. Like I'm like morally offended when coaches do this. That's how much I hate it. Uh, soccer flopping. See, to me, I think it fits perfectly with the with the no. ideology of soccer. Is that a managerial thing, though? Do they call it out from the sidelines? Like, you need to flop on this? Well, here's the thing about flopping. It happens because the sport is so terribly officiated at every level a lot of the time. And oh, you, you should see some of the videos of... Um, not Maradona, um, you know, the uh, the current Argentinian way. Pele? No. Messi? He's a, that's, Messi, that's, thank that, you. That's the only name Messi. I know. I know Pele. Messi, watch a video of him, the highlight reel of him just getting assaulted. It's people, the best people, there's just goons everywhere just killing the best athletes in the world instead letting the beautiful game be the beautiful game. People want to watch Messi. They don't want to watch that garbage, but we've let it become that garbage. And then that's why people flop. It's this awful spectrum of both sides, this thuggery versus them. If they even get breathed on, they're going to go down um, before they get um, annihilated. It's, it's, a, it's a big problem with the game. And I know that dude, I don't remember his name, the dude with all the tats that married the Spice Girl. I'm a, I know him. David Beckham. Thank, thank you. Yeah, I know that guy. Whatever his name is. I, I think for me, I, I one, I, I tried to go off the beaten path again. Not fouling when you're up by three or four points with less than five seconds left in the game. That's just the dumbest. That To me, that's the dumbest. One of the, one of the biggest uh, co- coaching pet peeves. Just foul. Let them make a couple of, you know, let a couple of seconds run out, foul, make, let them make a couple of free throws. And then the odds that they're able to steal and then get a shot up a lot lower than they are the other way. Especially when you got the under, baby. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Can I get a witness on that? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, question number three, excuse me. Uh, what's a situation or activity you thought was going to be stressful or not looking forward to that actually turned out to be fun? Um, wow. Um, a situation I thought was going to be stressful that turned out to be fun. I'll answer. Go ahead. You go first. Basically, anytime I go Because normally out for me, it's the opposite. I think it's going to be fun. It turns out to be stressful. Yeah. yeah. Basically, anytime I go out and see people. <laughs> nice. Doesn't mean I want to all the time, but. I liked it. Um, <laughs> I, can't re- I can't recover from that. What? I, I, I. <laughs> you do know this is like a somewhat public job, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But that that's what's funny about but that's you too. That's true. To some degree. You know you don't you he I like he, people. I really do. I just like to be left alone too though. But I like people. <laughs> yeah, see. 
Being well, around people would be great if it weren't for all the Here's people. mine with gravy on top. Come on. <laughs> no, it's just I don't... I, there are times I just like to be left alone. But there, I, I like being around people. I like people. <laughs> I just love that our job is communication and Aaron's like, I don't like going outside. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the last time I thought something was going to be stressful and was going to be fun. I, I cannot come up with one. I came up with all kinds of situations I thought was going to be fun and turned out to be very stressful. Okay, and what's one of those? Uh, me and Noah going to the Michigan Northwestern game in 2018, oh, yeah. reliving planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. yeah. And my son having to witness a public urination because every damn bathroom in Evanston, Illinois was apparently closed. Um, I won't regale the audience with that tale anymore. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I would be much more on the opposite end. I can't think of the last time I thought something was going to be stressful and it was fun. I really can't. Can Wait, is that was it, or is it reversed? No, it's something you thought was going to be stressful going in, and you're like, "Wow, that was a lot of fun." Um, working here at the beginning, Mm. at the I thought it was going to be stressful longer, but actually, you you were like, you were way, and I mean, I we had a, a very a long-standing relationship, but once it was just like this, you were way more chill within this most of the time than I expected. Once I was just with you more all the time, like you thought I'd, I'd be a lot more like dictatorial or yeah, um, and micromanager well, that and anal retentive, mm-hmm. and it's not you know, it's very it's it, it's just very I'm, that kicks in sooner, but it's all very predictable and rational. There's just no it, at the. I just thought it would be more, you know. Yeah. That, but it's not. You know what? I here. I, I just came up with one based on what you just said. All right. Hiring you, Aaron. Oh no. It, that, I thought you know, um, having to do this on the fly, and it was just as we were launching <laughs> yeah. an expanded, nationally syndicated radio show at the time, and. Yeah. Bringing somebody in that I that I had liked their work, which is why I hired them, but I had not engaged them directly in a work setting, not knowing how that would play itself out and things of that nature, and it's been uh, it's been it's it's been a lot of fun. So oh, that that would be that would be one I could pick. That shows you how long ago though that that was what now six years ago, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. For me, I don't have a lot of wow that turned out to be great. I have a lot more of let's not do that one again. All right. <laughs> A lot more of those. (laughs) All right, we'll come back. Hour two coming your way uh, with Theology Thursday. And this is one I I just, we just just have to discuss this. Yes, we do. We do. Uh, And then Daniel Horowitz, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation after that. Stay tuned. Back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox, which you can access by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. You can also find us on Facebook, where we'll lie to you there with hashtag Facebook approved takes. And then we'll tell you what we really think by following us on Twitter at Steve Day Show, or you can find us on MeWe, Parlor, Getter, and Gab. Look for clips of the show that you can watch free of censorship and also uh, free to watch as well 
uh, at no cost at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And then, of course, if you're a podcast listener, we love you and thank you so much for your contributions to this program. Thank you uh, for helping us to grow. You're a big part of our success. Please, if you haven't done so already, leave us a five-star review as well as hit the subscribe button wherever you podcast from or follow, I think is what iTunes calls it now. So many of you have done this for us already. Thank you very much, and we appreciate all of you that have done those things to let the world know that uh, you dig this show. Coming up here at the bottom of the hour, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be joining us. You know, uh, you can feel helpless turning on the news and seeing government and corporate America conspiring together against you and I. That's why when we have the opportunity to do business with those whose values are the same as ours, we should take full advantage of it. One of the rare opportunities we have to do that is with Patriot Mobile, America's only pro-America, Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer the same broad nationwide coverage that you get from the big boys because they all use pretty much the same towers. But they've got plans that fit into any budget and they have a 100% U.S.-based customer support team and... They don't ever give money uh, that you give them to causes that are trying to end you, but to the same values and, and principles that you believe in as well. So right now you can go to PatriotMobile.com slash Steve or 972Patriot if you want to call them. PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. Use the activation offer code Steve to get a free activation on your new phone. And then they've always got other special discounts and incentives as well, especially for veterans and first responders. Again, 972Patriot or patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Let's get to some Theology Thursday. Now, a caveat here. And you'll back me up on this. Over the years, I have been extremely hesitant and have encouraged caution and hesitancy among my fellow evangelicals at jumping to claims of things the Pope said from mainstream or spirit of the age regime narrative. A lot of these, because a lot of these are, are folks that went to St. Anthony's school, walked away from their faith. And so, you know, a lot of these media types are, you know, after they, you know, dropped out of St. Cecilia's, they're now projecting what they want the church that they abandoned to stand for. And a lot of times when a Pope speaks, it's not in English. So we don't have a direct quote. We don't have a clip. And so you're going through the filter of the media, right? Over the years, we could have done a ton of shows on claims of things the Pope actually said. We have never gone down that road, or very rarely, unless we can verify this happened in the first person, right? Right. So I just want to make sure before we go down that road again, I'm not being accused of being an evangelical cherry picker, and then you're my uh, Grover Dill because I pay you, right? I'm, I'm not... That's not what's going on here. In fact, I saw this from you. I was not aware of this until you shared it. I also want people to know that where this where this quote comes from is from uh, the the Twitter feed of at Catholic Sat has about twenty thousand followers. It's a it's a global Catholic satellite network. And they describe themselves as bringing you the very best Catholic programming available on terrestrial TV, satellite, cable, and streaming on the internet. So again, this isn't from, hey, I'm now the White House correspondent for PMS, NBC, 
And, you know, I, I, I haven't been to a mass since the third grade when the last, you know, and the nun racked my knuckles. And so this is what, you know, this is what I want the, my old, the church of my youth to believe. This is not what's going on here. Fair? Right. But not at all. In fact, this was actually said by Pope Francis to the Council of Bishops Conference of Europe. So a lot of times it's a media interview. Did he really say this? Was something lost in translation? What's projection? So he is speaking authoritatively to the brethren here. Fair? Yeah. Okay. As the leader yes. of the brethren. Yes. And here is the quote. Quote. To make the church beautiful and welcoming, we need together to look to the future, not to restore the past which unfortunately is a fad. Restoring the past will kill us. It will kill everyone. Unquote. Now, before I turn this over to you, because absolutely you need to comment in depth on this before anybody else does here, for obvious reasons. I just want to reiterate Back in 2017, and our show's audience has literally grown, Aaron, by several hundred percent since yes. then. Okay. Yep. So there's a lot of you tuned in right now fairly regularly that had either didn't care about us in 2017, didn't know about us, or didn't like us, right? And we don't blame you for all three, frankly. So a lot of you don't know of these shows, but 2017 was the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. The Protestant Reformation. We, we spent that entire year of, on, on Theology Thursday, or as much of it as we could at the time, uh, trying to go through that moment in history. What happened? What were the arguments? Things of that nature. For two reasons. One, regardless of which side of the line you're on, you cannot debate. It is one of the seminal moments in modern Western civilization. In fact, the History Channel made the two men that originally drove it. Martin Luther and then Gutenberg with his printing press, two of the top three most influential people of the last millennium when they did their top 100 of the millennium in 1999. All right. So it has his, it has great cultural and historical significance. Period. In fact, you may not be on either one of these lines, right? You may be a non-Messianic Jew. You might be Muslim, Hindu, completely secular. That event that ornery little Augustinian monk hammering those 95 theses to the, all, to, the, to the door of his university there at Wittenberg, Wittenberg, asking for a disputation on All Hallows' Eve 1517, set off a chain of events that has completely altered the course of the world that you now live in. That's not debatable. You can debate the merits of the arguments, but you cannot debate the impact of, of the argument that took place. But the other reason we did so is we thought because we're two relatively knowledgeable laymen. So we know enough to communicate this stuff intelligently, but we don't know so much that we would just talk over everybody and it would be unattainable. And, and given the fact we're good friends, there's a freedom here to have an honest conversation hashing some of these things out that, you know, at other times in history, we literally slit each other's throats over these debates. Fair? Yeah. All right. One of the things that we did in, in these conversations uh, were this was like if, if, 
if Erasmus and Luther liked each other, that that's that's actually Erasmus might have liked Luther. I don't know. I just know Luther hated him. Um, that's kind of what our show was would have sounded like a few years ago when we did this. One of the things that came out of this is is we walked through what what are called the five solas of the Reformation, and so. Um, in an, if, if Protestants are going to walk away from almost 2,000 years of church tradition, they obviously, to some degree, I would argue today, one of the great weaknesses of, of evangelicalism is that it doesn't have enough tradition. And, and that word is going to be a very important term we're going to be discussing the rest of this Theology Thursday. So just that's yep. why I'm using it, Okay. Um, if the if the Protestant argument is that Catholics have historically too elevated tradition, I would make the argument that for us as evangelicals, we've just like completely abandoned it, and we're kind of rudderless now. We're kind of following for following for thads and all kinds of other things. You know the word the Pope just used. Okay. Well, one of the things that came out of this, the so so Protestantism now needed a creed. It needed a catechism, and one of its very first ones was the five solas. Here's what we believe. Sola de Gloria, Sola Cristo, Sola Fide, Sola Grazia. All right. And then, and, and there were, of those five, there were two that you and I kind of thought were the main real sticking points between Protestants and Christians. Or, I'm sorry, between Protestants and Catholics within Christianity. And the two were justification by faith alone. And that's the verse, Romans 1.17, the righteous shall live by faith or the just shall live by faith that Luther said inspired him to, to launch the Re- Reformation. And the other was sola scriptura, that scripture alone is, the, is not the only authority, but it is the final, ultimate authority that binds the conscience of the believer and reveals the, the will of God to the world, okay? Because this is where tradition comes in for Catholics, mm-hmm. right? Can you, so I'm, so let me stop from there now. All right. Cause I don't want to do any projection no, at no. all. Give us how you're taught as a Catholic, not what evangelicals or others in our audience are stereotyped, um, you know, from third person. How are you taught within orthodoxy as a Catholic? What is tradition to you? Well, this is what's funny. I was so enraged. There's multiple ways verbally. In writing, I thought I could respond to this, but I just responded with, when I'm really mad, the Loki Hulk gift, just slamming him to the ground. It's so stupid. And the first thing Steve said is like, as as the evangelical, unapologetically, like po- point of order, like I thought you were Catholic. That, this is, and this is the frustration with this Pope. He, he just says things that you, he can't possibly believe in any like rational sense this is just emotive he thinks he's making a point if you asked him to talk about why he decided to make this you you might be able to see it through the clown mirrors but it's utterly insane because listen it here's what you do if you're a catholic and you want to talk about uh tradition well what would you talk about Jesus and just starting with the scriptures I'll go beyond that in a second but just starting with the the scriptures when Jesus was here on earth during his earthly ministry did Jesus refer to the past or not 
Yes or no? He quotes, it's, he it, quotes, quotes it repeatedly. It's an actually. overwhelming yes. So yeah. what are you doing, in Holy fact, Father? In fact, in, in, in the ultimate declaration of who he is, yes. in, John, in, the, in John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, yes. the truth, and the life. And he's using explicit terminology to tell a Jewish audience, I am the fulfillment of your legacy. Yes. I am what you've been waiting for. I am the law. I'm the prophets. Yes. I'm who they pointed to. I am the fulfillment of the law. I will satisfy the wrath of God. I will fulfill what the prophet said. He is saying, I am the fulfillment of your legacy or your history or your past. Yes. That's what I am. Yes. He's basically preaching the great heresy that is the Old Testament is not of God. Which was one of the and very the, first yes, heresies. It's very, mm -hmm. yes. it's, yeah. And it's bizarre because just last just last week, I think, the Pope did what he has done consistently now for how long? Has he been Pope for a decade? I'm he he came out and flat out called abortionist murders. I, the, so this is why he is is so vexing. He he will go from that and 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 in a he he has a history of talking about the darkness of the devil and then and then to do this pagan witchcraft nonsense so again tradition outside of scripture is to tell tether yourself to the wisdom of the church and the saints throughout Hall of History, as alluded to within Scripture, we as Catholics believe, and, and listen, I, I don't think Steve and Aaron will argue for one second what they will perhaps interpret it differently, but it is clear, the book of Acts, it, it's constantly pointing outside of itself to things that were taught and said and not written here, leadership that was established that's undeniable. Where you take that from there, you can ask them or, or others. That's fine. But that's undeniable. So there is, it's while there is a magisterium, which is the third leg of the stool, the current teaching authority right now in time, there is all of the wisdom of the church fathers that don't require you to drink from a fire hose because so much of this has been thought and said and done. We have precedent, in other you. words. Yes. So, so like post 9-11, there was a notion, you know, what do we do? They, you know, this is the first time we've had the West go up against Islam. What does Islam believe? Um, the reality is John of Damascus. Uh, he would debate early Muslim scholars all throughout the world on the merits of their yes. their claims versus the merits of the claims of Christianity. So tradition would say, why would we not go back and look at that precedent uh, where we previously saw orthodoxy lived out in the world to help us, to, to give us and provide us a framework for what that means for the present challenges we face? It very much fulfills the scriptural notion that there is nothing new under the, under sun. the sun. Right. Yes. Now... I don't. I, is that palatable and acceptable as a starter? Because yeah. I don't want to boilerplate, but I think that yeah gets the ball rolling. So my question to you, when we were discussing this before the show started, and we decided to do this for the theology Thursday, how is that? How did he not just declare his own church anathema? 
I know. I know. Well, how did, see, how did you, you not me, do that? Now you you just got me. It's funny. Our own bishop here in Des Moines, who I just am very and publicly so disappointed with, but he just sent out via Facebook, the diocesan Facebook page, uh, a, a public admonition, and it was kind of a wink and a nod, mask vaccination without saying it. I mean, it's clearly what he was doing. And, but he used uh, he used the feast day of St. Vincent de Paul mm-hmm. to do this. Our, again, our whole, our whole church calendar, we have... It's based, on these, it's based on these traditions all the time. Yes, where we celebrate the saints. Yep, we have we have um, ho- you can uh, holy medals of the feasts. We have uh, we baptize our name and uh, when we baptize our children, oftentimes uh, give them saints' names. All of this is the past. So again, what in the hell are you doing, Holy Father? You, you Steve can't be more correct. You when you say something like this. You, you you are saying what and so somebody one of our followers actually said why are you even Catholic Todd, see that anymore? see see it, it, this is the Protestant equivalent of if a pastor or a minister or or an evangelical leader stood up and said uh you know the Bible is really not the final authority on things and we need to modernize and start accepting new sources of uh, of information what would we call that within Protestantism Aaron a heretic we would call him a heretic yeah that you, you, if, if without sola scriptura, there is no point to being a Protestant. There's, there's, there's no point to it because all the other arguments that we have really come down to all the other arguments we have with Catholicism really come down to the question of that one. What is the final authority uh, that binds the conscience of the believer and reveals the will and character of God to the world? What is the final authority? Is it the word of God or the word of the God plus tradition and the magisterium that's really the argument all the other arguments we have as as protestants with catholics about veneration of mary sacraments and rituals beyond uh uh, beyond baptism and uh and um uh communion and is communion metaphorical is it the literal uh you know uh receiving of the of the blood and, and and the and the flesh of christ all those other arguments all of them Come down to what is the final and all, because that's where we base our opinions from on these matters. We base them as the, as the scripture at the top of the food chain. You guys base your opinion as several things sit at the top of the food chain. Fair? Yeah. Okay. And one of them is what the Pope just rebuked. So to me, this is the equivalent of an evangelical leader, basically the head of the Southern Baptist Convention. All right. The, the largest Protestant denomination in North America. If he just stood up and said, guys, I really think we need to move beyond the Bible as the final thoughts on what we think God thinks, we would call that with an evangelicalism, he's a heretic. That's what he just did here. Am I wrong? No, no, no. This is, Steve, the classic Catholic churches throughout all of history, what is one of the great hallmarks of a classic Catholic church to you guys outside of it. You use the term when I, when I use something like transubstantiation, you say that's a fancy 
what do you call stained it? glass window stained word. glass windows yeah what are stained glass windows doing which is why i was they're, fumbling yeah. to not use that word because then i didn't want i wanted to take five minutes to explain it if you go, they're always telling bible stories from the past right to a preliterate society right that's how you learned it and by the way alpha and omega all of that beginning and end. what is uh omnipresent omni uh, omni uh omnipotent, omnipotent and uh Omni, um, omniscient. omniscient. Yep. But it's God is outside and above all. He is outside of time. You just said basically that's not true. That I've told it before about the the pencil. We see history here. God just see it's the same pencil. He sees the point. He sees all of it at once. You're saying you're doing the whole Obama. We're the people we've been waiting for. You're saying the present is always better than the past. Again, another heresy. We can just keep riffing like uh, it's just so impossibly stupid at a one plus one level. But it's what his entire pontificate has so often been. It is so unhelpful. It is so confusing. You can't even begin to know. Like here, it's... You can't begin to know. It's not This prophetic. can't possibly be your point. It's, it's not So what prophetic. in the hell was your point? You know what? It, it, here's, I just thought of something as you were talking. I think maybe the greatest disappointment here, and that's why I was just saying it's not prophetic, in that we could very well be on the verge of seeing Roe v. Wade eliminated in our lifetimes. And in, 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 the, in, the, in the somewhat near future, that, that could happen like in the next 12 months. By, by the same Supreme Court that, doesn't, that also codified into law about 12, 18, 12, 24 months ago, uh, training madness, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. The same Supreme Court whose most conservative Catholic, not named Clarence Thomas on the court, refused to, to even hear a case about forcibly injecting people with uh, experimental substances on a public university campus, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Is there any strain of consistency there at all? How odd is it that the same institution that is that just can't wait to go along with everything else the spirit of the age offers up now seemingly seems poised to strike a blow against one of the biggest shibboleths of the spirit of the age. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's all, who, who does it sound like, Todd? Who does it sound like? It sounds like exactly what you were just describing. On this one matter of abortion, this guy actually speaks in, in tones that, frankly, even his far more conservative predecessors didn't use some of this language. All right. All right? And that's just the odd juxtaposition because on virtually every, when we get outside of abortion, frankly, he is at best a squish on like everything else. Correct. And that is a mirror. Now, some of that is, of course, our court, our Supreme Court is dominated by Catholics. But see, I, I think it's broader than that. It's, it's, if you go back, if you're a subscriber and watch the overtime we did with Ed Stitzer, what's the name of his podcast again, Aaron? Uh, the Church Leaders Church podcast. Leaders Pod. Yeah. Now, now, there's something a little anti-Protestant, if you ask me, by the way, of somebody claiming to be the central hub podcast for church leadership. Doesn't that just seem kind of counterintuitive? You know, in a, in a way, you know what I'm getting at with that, Aaron? Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, yeah. Uh, what's next? A pope who denies tradition? 
It's like Todd yeah, yeah, starting actually, a podcast, Priesthood of All Believers podcast. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So, the, so the, 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 the premise that he's starting from already is somewhat self-deflecting, you know, self-refuting, right? But the, the way that he could not, he was trying to frame his questions and talking points as best he could into what the spirit of the age thinks and that he let Francis Collins get away with. Yeah, I'm a Christian and I'm in charge of the NIH, which oversees the CDC, by the way. But but I, I'm totally powerless to stop them from adopting tranny language and just overlook that and do everything else we tell you. And you just and you let that slide. Right. We, we just did our overtime with that. Right. Mm-hmm. See, say, this is the same conversation, folks. This is the exact same conversation. Let me let me you know what? Now I'm preaching. Let me expand this. Three years ago, BYU couldn't get into the Big 12. And one of the main sticking points was all because of where it stood on uh, rainbow jihad issues. Now BYU and the Big 12 have come to a quote-unquote understanding on those things. Do y'all over there in Provo and Salt Lake City, can you inform us on um, what understandings as the new administration over there at BYU come to in order to get into the Big 12. You see where I'm going with this? Mm -hmm. This is a cancer. It's a metastasizing tumor. And while all of us within these various camps have some very stark disagreements and disagreements that should not be glossed over because they are of a cosmic, eternal um, consequence. Fair? Yeah. We also, though, have to recognize... That right now, we're being denied the arguments that we would prefer to have with one another because there is a common cancer threatening every last one of us. If you want to hold to any form of tradition or orthodoxy at all, you want to hold to any form of established precedent at all, whether you think the Pope is the vicar of Christ or Joseph Smith was a prophet or sola scriptura, or you think all these people are crazy and it's only Torah, 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 whatever, whatever, wherever you are at on this spectrum. And I'm fine arguing with y'all because these are the arguments I love to have, Mm -hmm. but we all need to understand that there is a common tumor and cancer being injected into each of our sex right now, into each of our movements right now. In each of our churches right now. And though we may have some stark disagreements with one another, the affliction coming after us is, is, is the same. Abandon what you believe. Abandon who you are. Our friend, our local friend, Joel Curtinitis, recently retweeted something that speaks exactly to the point you just made. And I find this was several days ago. Uh, and I remembered it as you were speaking. The retweet was, if heaven and hell are real and Jesus is the son of God, then even his hardest, most radical te- teachings are just common sense, mm-hmm. which is exactly right. Mm-hmm. But we keep trying to explain that away as, again, as futurists. And that's what the Pope is doing here. Mm-hmm. And it is absolutely heretical. And it's, I don't know if he... If you told him that, he would cock his head like a confused dog, I think, which is and that's profoundly the issue. worrisome. That's the issue. Whether it's Ed Stetzer, see, Ed Stetzer 
slobbering all over Francis Collins. As opposed to, hey, I represent the Lord God of hosts. I'm not, I'm not Nathan here to fillet David. I got some questions because yeah. thou art the man. So I got some questions for you, bro. I've been sent from the man above, and he's and and you've got some problems that we need to address. No, he's not doing that. He says in the video we watched, I'm on I'm on Team Francis Collins. Yep. Wow. Here's the Pope. Deny what makes us different. Embrace. It's funny, he says what we what we believe is the fad. When that's actually what he wants you to adopt as a Catholic yeah. is the fad of, of the age. See, the same thing is happening here. There's no prophetic voice. Right. These men are mirrors of the spirit of the age. Yes. They're mirrors of it. They're reflections of it. They're not standing athwart of it. They're reflecting it back at us. And just doing so, though, in language from our perspective tribes that we understand so that we buy in. And that is the that is the, 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 the wolf in sheep's clothing. Far, far more dangerous than even a wolf frothing at the mouth. You at least know what to do with that. If you like a good snack throughout the day, I've got great news for you. Built Bar, the absolute greatest protein bar of all time. And yes, chocolate chip cookie dough is now available for a limited time. Take full advantage. It is the greatest flavor of the greatest protein bar of all time. And you can take advantage of it right now when you use my last name, Dace. D-E-A-C-E as your promo code when you go to Built.com for Built Bar, B-U-I-L-T. And they've got tons of other great flavors there. Cookies and Cream is, a, is an all-time favorite. I love that one. I like Cherry Barcia. Reminds me kind of my grandmother and how much she turned uh, chocolate-covered cherries uh, into a food group. Uh, they're all great, but none are greater than chocolate chip cookie dough. And it's available right now when you go to Built.com, B-U-I-L-T, all these bars, 180 calories or less, uh, five to seven grams of sugar, carbs per bar or less, and yet they taste like a candy bar. Take full advantage right now of one of my absolute favorite products when you go to Built.com, B-U-I-L-T, for Built Bar, and use the promo code DACE to get 15% off. Let's welcome back in our good friend at the Weekly Prophet of Woe and Lamentation. Good to see you, Daniel. How are you, brother? We're doing all right, Steve, but it's still the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine, indeed. So... Here's a question I have. We played a clip at the top of the program of Anthony Fauci being cornered by a reporter on CNBC. I wish I knew her name. I'd love to give her a lot of mad props. Hell, I might send her flowers. All right. But basically, this is the first time. I mean, he's been getting asked trickier questions recently. Like even CNN is asking, why do you know people with natural immunity have to get vaccinated? Even Joe Scarborough's asking, when do we finally hit herd immunity? So he's finally getting some real questions. But they're not asked quite the way this reporter on CNBC did, because this is the way you and I would be asking him. And she had all the data. She had charts. She had his ass cornered on how do you possibly explain Israel's data. All right. Healthy population. Young, one of the youngest median ages of a free country in the world. Densely populated. And they've used one singular vaccine the entire time. They're like the perfect control group to study vaccine efficacy through. And yet, when you look at Israel, last week, Israel reported almost the exact same amount of deaths as they did for that week in 2020 when they were locked down in social distancing and there were no vaccines. So, Daniel, how can you possibly explain that? 
Well, Steve, it's worse than that because it's the same number of deaths piggybacking off of a summer where they had more deaths than they did during the summer of 2020. So that's just because the fall wave started to pick up last year, and now we're still on the same wave. And it's been going on for a while there, even into their third booster when they're talking about their fourth booster. But as we know, the vice president of Pfizer um, said on a call a couple of weeks ago that whatever starts in Israel comes to America about two months later. And we're seeing that like clockwork here as well. You look anywhere in America and this thing is worse than it was at that given date last year. It's worse in all age groups. It's worse in terms of spread. Most places it's worse in terms of hospitalizations, often setting records. Again, where most places, uh, you know, people above 30 are, are really overwhelmingly vaccinated, even in the lower vaccinated areas. This is there's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. You can no longer say, well, it's the Delta. Well, the problem is the UK had Delta two months before everyone else, and it was like a cold, as we would expect from a virus that mutates down a little bit more transmissible, um, but less virulent. So that is not the case here. That is not what's happening. Also, Steve, by the way, in Israel, um, they are now experiencing excess deaths among the cohort under 45, something that did not happen the entire uh, first year of the pandemic. So one of two things is happening there, or a mixture of both. Either the vaccine is killing off people, or the virus has gotten more virulent and it's roping in younger people as well, where there is some evidence of that in certain parts of the country and the world at this point. Um, you know, I'm just a nobody, Steve, but there's two dudes that are very, uh, um, very famous in the vaccinology world. Gert Vandenbosch worked for Gavi and uh, Bill Gates, and then you had... I'm forgetting his name, but the French uh, virologist who Pierre won Corey. the Nobel Prize. That's right, won the Nobel Prize for discovering HIV. And they said, you know, if you mass vaccinate, particularly with a narrow spectrum leaky vaccine during a pandemic, you're going to make it worse. Well, that's kind of what we're seeing now. Hmm. It made it worse and it happened after a specific date. After the vaccination, it wasn't a matter of a particular strain like Delta because Delta did not start out like this before the leakiness. That is everything you need to know going on epidemiologically at this point. This is now worse than it's ever been. And what's also concerning at this point is I at first discounted any reinfections, but I am starting to see a lot of people who got the vaccine and had the virus that they're getting the virus again. Now, it's not as bad, but there have been studies, one from Mount Sinai, that showed that the second vaccine screws up your T-cell immunity. So that's another ace in the hole of this vaccine, that it's going to undo the natural immunity, at least among those who had the vaccine. September 4th, week, the second week, 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 let me try that in English. Second week of September last year here in the United States, we had 275,349 cases. Second week of September here in the United States, 2021, Daniel, 1,104,143 cases. That is with about uh, 95% or I'm sorry, 75% of adults have had at least one dose of vaccine in the U.S. 63% of all people are fully vaccinated. Uh, second week of September 2020, we had 5,393 deaths with COVID. This year, 14,842. 
again, that's with all that additional natural immunity and all that vaccination as well. That those are that that's the trend line here in the U.S. compared to this time a year ago. How do you explain that? Well, Steve, I don't have the numbers in front of me, and I'm trying to pull them up, but in my home county, Baltimore County, 70% of the population has at least one vaccine. And when you're at 70%, that's essentially everyone who's an adult, certainly above 25 or so, because we don't realize that, I mean, kids represent a big part of, of, of the population, so those numbers are often misleading. So, I mean, anyone, I mean, every senior in Baltimore County is, is uh is vaccinated. And I can tell you in my zip code, there is a much greater run on the monoclonals than there ever was uh, during the peak of the winter spread. And this is only September here in Maryland. Again, very high vaccination rate um, in the central Maryland counties. Uh, everyone I know um, who is in the hospital in my neighborhood with the, vir- uh, with the virus, they are vaccinated. Um, what is going on is if your listeners want to Google leaky chicken vaccine, mm-hmm. Merrick's disease, 2015 uh, PBS article, and that will answer everything for you. And they say this has never happened among humans, but if it ever did, the first sign will be a vaccine that starts off not stopping transmission, but only uh, amel- ameliorating symptoms. Well, here we are, Steve. It's upon us. Now, what do we do? I want to focus on early treatment with you here in a minute, because I know this has been what you've been focusing on in your work here with Blaze Media. First, though, I want to remind the audience, you know, we've all been there with uh, being too sweaty. Seems like it can happen at the absolute worst possible times. Uh, Public speaking event, first date, wedding day, maybe all three. Uh, Make sure that doesn't happen to you with our friends over at Sweatblock. Stronger and more effective than even the most clinical of antiperspirants. You just apply their wipes on your pits there before bedtime. Go to bed, get up the next morning, shower, do whatever you do to get ready, just like you would any other day, and you're good to go for several days. In fact, sometimes people only need to use these once or twice an entire week, and then they've got other great products that I have tried, uh, which their deodorant, fantastic, holds up in even the, the, the most humid, sweatiest of situations. They've got deodorant lotion for some of those more sensitive regions of the body that can uh, get kind of uh, swampy as well. So check them out right now at sweatblock.com and use the promo code DACE, D-E-A-C-E, to get 20% off today when you go to Sweatblock, just like it sounds. Sweatblock.com, use the promo code DACE to get 20% off at sweatblock.com. Daniel, let's talk about, back here with Daniel Horowitz. Daniel, let's talk about early treatments. All right, I'm getting a ton of questions from people. And I'm, I, you know, a lot of the places I was referring to people to for the longest time, like America's frontline doctors, they're so overwhelmed now, they're not even like yep. answering people anymore. What can you tell people about what you've uncovered, resources that people can go to if, for example, they want professional um, guidance on an ivermectin cocktail or things of that nature? What can you tell them? Boy, Steve, that, that, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because um, I'm a little bit hesitant to do this, but there is a man da- named Dr. Eric Henson in Eastern Texas, Palestine, Texas, who is an ENT head neck surgeon as well. And he has basically turned his clinic into uh, a COVID shop. Um, and he's taken a big loss for this. He's been treating people for free, anyone he can get a hold of. He's saved so many lives. It's unbelievable. These are the people among all the political horrors that you hear on cable news. These are the people you'll never hear from. And in fact, they're brought before boards um, and they're criticized. Um, I don't have too many other places to go because 
What do you do, Steve, when you have 0.001% of the doctors responsible for care of the entire mm -hmm. nation? Mm -hmm. um, and again, just to piggyback off your point, 96% of Florida seniors are vaccinated, but deaths increased in Florida 94% over last August. Mm -hmm. Again, how does that happen? And um, the answer is the mass vaccination is what made that happen. So really, in my DeSantis view, DeSantis is saying that treatment. a majority of Floridians that have accessed monoclonal antibodies have actually been fully vaccinated is what Ron said last sure. week. Yeah. The dividing line is not if you're vaccinated. It's, it's it, did you have prior infection? If you did not, I recommend that every person get treated. Um, this has this has turned into a monster. I'm not saying everyone's going to get it bad, but a lot more people than did before. A couple of important things just to keep in mind right away, uh, 40 milligrams of Pepsid a day, that's famotidine, that's two extra strength. Um, that's good to have on hand that's over the counter. Um, another thing to keep in mind, um, betadine solution, 1%. You take 10% betadine from the pharmacy that you can get over the counter. You dilute it with nine parts distilled water, put it in a spray bottle. And if you want to kind of prophylactically every time you're around people before you go to bed, put it up your nose, it will kill almost anything in there, assuming you would have been incubating it that day. It reduces the viral load. That is the key. You got to reduce the viral load. You got to get it early because what this has done, and I and Steve, I know you've shared some of this information, the University of Wisconsin-Madison study, mm -hmm. we're finding that the vaccination has created higher viral loads and the Merrick's disease chicken uh, vaccine article explains that as well, how that works. That's why younger people are getting sicker. People are getting to the inflammatory stage quicker. Um, so we used to have seven to 10 days on the clock with this. This thing was so easy to treat. Now often you only have a few days. You really got to jump on it. Um, you know, so there are many things. But Steve, it's not just ivermectin. There are so many things. There's androgen blockers that help that people take for hair loss, dutesteride, phenofibrate, a common cholesterol medicine, singular and asthma medicine. And there's so much stuff that we don't even have access to um, because of this. This is, it, it, it's unbelievable. Um, one of the things I'm working on is to try to get the attorneys general to, to um, threaten all these pharmacies that aren't filling pres prescriptions. But Steve, you tell me where I can go and get treatment because I don't see the treatment regime materially better in Iowa or Florida or Alabama than it is in Maryland. No, institutionally, you're doomed. That's why you have to find individual entities that are willing to buck the uh, institutional system. I, I, you know, you mentioned that University of Wisconsin study real quick before I let you go. Our CEO here, Tyler Carden, shared with me an email exchange that he had with the uh, with the scientist who did that study. Kind of, he was trying to basically get some conclusions from what their numbers mean. What, what does this actually mean? And I read through their back and forth. These these folks put this study out, but boy, they don't want like any conclusions drawn from it, like whatsoever, man. They're like, nope, you can't draw that conclusion. They don't don't draw that one. Like like, then why the hell do you even publish your study then? Okay, but it was very clear they did not want anyone drawing any conclusions from that study that they put out uh, from the University of Wisconsin a week ago. That again, we have linked up on our social media accounts, except for Facebook as well. Daniel, good stuff, man. Always good to see you, brother. Take care, all right. Take care. See you next week. You got it, man. Brought to you by Omega XL. If you are struggling with pain in the body, not because you have a recent injury. Hey, I fell off my ladder. Should I take Omega XL? 
Well, you should probably still take Omega XL, but won't help you with what happened when you fell off your ladder. For that, uh, you need professional medical help. You've got an injury, probably. But if you've got the lingering variety of uh, stiffness, achiness in the back, knees, neck, shoulder, etc., chances are that's too much inflammation in the body. And chances are you need to try an all-natural anti-inflammatory backed by 35 years of clinical research and about a year plus of my own personal recommendation using this product, and that is Omega XL. It will fight back and help to neutralize the inflammation causing your chronic pain. And if you want to try it today, buy one bottle, get the second one for free. It's buy one, get a second one for free today when you visit OmegaXL.com slash Steve. OmegaXL.com slash Steve or call 800-844-4888. After the program ends here in a few minutes, we're going to stick around and record today's overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. I put up a poll asking those of you that are vaccinated and are Twitter following what your position is on receiving another booster. We will look at those uh, results and then discuss them in the overtime today at blazetv.com slash dace. That'll be posted for you today as a Blaze TV subscriber later today. Uh, on, that, on that website, blazetv.com slash dace. If you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, though, that is where you can go to become one at a discounted rate, blazetv.com slash D-E-A-C-E. Final thoughts, gentlemen, on either the conversation we just had with Daniel or what we learned today. Uh, I think what Daniel said about Iowa not fundamentally being any better really rings home about why when when, when we, we're talking about the treatment of covid is yes, what we're talking yes. about yes but that's why when we talk about balkanizing on a multitude of issues it it means that you need to est- take actions that establish things way beyond what we're used to he's absolutely right now it's for example right with these school districts racing to mask after one judge said they could despite what governor kim reynolds and the Republican legislature has said, how are you going to react to that? Like, remember when um, Governor DeSantis reacted with fines by fines of his own? Mm-hmm. What Gov- Governor Reynolds needs to act here. I don't know what is within her uh, statute to authority to do so. Uh, but they obviously don't care on the other side. The Constitution is not a suicide pact. Those school districts need to be made to paid. We need to balkanize yep. here every moment of every day. Otherwise, we're going to lose. Agree. That's the name of the game here, and um, you know when you look at the when you look at the totality of what we talk about on a daily basis today, in and of itself, now is not the time for the salt to lose its flavor, and that's dependent on each and every one of us. When you look at the institutions, namely the church, and what it seems to be unmoored from, we have to be we we cannot allow ourselves any time, any day, to lose our salt. Back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.